yeah, yeah. Hello everybody, live from a nice August day in Koreatown, it is the Ozone. I'm your host Omar Miller, I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, aka Mosquito Squole Leg. <laughs> How are you doing? Swole. Yeah? I'm on swole. The rock is in your leg. <laughs> Literally. Wow, this is unbelievable. I don't know what's going on out here with the vectors, folks, but in Southern California, we're having a serious mosquito issue. Super predators. Because they are super predators. They're part of the 94 crime bill. <laughs> they are. They need to be banned. Like a <laughs> soul I wish somebody would ban them. <laughs> Someone <laughs> needs to ban them. Oh, man, they're out of hand. Uh, other than that, we're doing well been a great week busy week started production on the unicorn folks the unicorn coming soon for you awesome yeah it's awesome sauce having a good time to my family and friends um but we got a lot to cover today we got football i watched that hard knocks and motivated me to go stretch and work out mm. man i miss practice so much the guys miss stretching so much fun in practice stretching is beautiful i never stretched so i don't miss that and that's why i'm all jacked mm. up now i used to i used to, to, to play grab ass in the stretching you session. play grab ass yeah, i was serious i would most people play grab ass yeah. i play on field <laughs> dude what are you doing i'm playing grab ass bro <laughs> It was all jokes and fun and games. We got crazy information in the world of basketball, ladies and gentlemen. The, the Lakers season may be in peril. Wow. Who knows? Who knows? And with baseball, I mean, we're getting close to the time where it's time. It's time. It's almost time. But we want to start off in the world of boxing. A lot of action took place last weekend. Uh, a super, I don't even know if you would call him prospect champ. Virgil Ortiz got busy. Um, we got a lot of guys that got busy. But what we did as a unit is we went down to a very important and exciting press conference for what could be, at this point, I see no competition for the card of the year. Definitely the card of the year. I mean, every fight on the card. going to live up to the the fight of the year. Maybe two of them. Maybe two of them. And we're talking about the PBC fight that's going to come down on pay-per-view on September 28th. And it is headlined by Earl Spence versus Sean Porter, champ versus champ. Somebody's got to leave without a belt. Somebody got to leave without a belt. What well, if it goes a, a draw? Unless it's a draw. Unless it's a draw. Like but maybe they won't let it get I there. I don't think that they will. And then uh, the it should be a co-main event, but on the undercard, we have the dog. Freedom our man. Ozone. Straight of the family of the Ozone. Out of Flint, Michigan, Anthony Durrell is fighting a very dangerous former champion that has never been beaten in the ring. He got beat by some of his vices outside the ring in David Benavidez. There's actually some other interesting fights on that card as well. But what we want to do right now is what we do in the Ozone. We want to bring you on the inside. We're going to bring you right now into the training camp of Earl Spence. And we're going to have a phone call with his trainer, Derek James. What's up? Derek James, friend of the Ozone, you tell me, what's Pothurt? I missed it the other day. I had to do this silly thing called work, and y'all was out there getting busy. Hey, <laughs> hey man, we all got different jobs, but we all trying to get it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to get mine, Jack. But, hey, it looks like that you guys are ready to go get it. I saw a calm menace in your fighter the other day at the press conference, live in Los Angeles. Hey, listen, hey, listen I'm going to tell you something that's even crazier. Not only from that perspective, you got to watch the face-to-face interview when they were talking. I saw it. And it was like, you saw the, the face-to-face? I saw that. Well, I'm sorry. Not, I saw it. Not the face-to-face. I saw the inside the PBC uh, when they were sitting, when it was remote. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, no. Wait a minute, man. When you see this, 
he shut the whole situation down. You know, he he kind of like um, he told he told uh, he told uh, Sean about himself. He's not a good boxer. Wow, he's just a rough looking fighter. You know, he's not a good boxer. He's a fighter. He's a you know what I mean. You know, he, just, he told him. He said Sean asked him, "What's the difference between skill and uh, and uh, how do you say uh?" Skill and uh, like something I forget. He said, "Well, whatever is God given, and skill is something you've been taught in the gym, and you're not being taught in the gym." That basically, you know. So he's like, "Wow." Kind of like he kind of went in on. He kind of went in on him, man. Well, but he, on. that means he's also going in on his father, Kenny Porter. That's his right, trainer, right? And I and I saw yeah, right I saw a calm menace. I saw a calm menace in the inside the PBC uh, face off situation where he he you know Sean indicated, hey, I'm ahead of Earl on training. You can see I'm in better shape, but I have faith that he'll get there. And Earl called me, say, hey man, don't don't worry about me, dog. I'm gonna be there. I'm having fight night. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna be there. And then he also said that he didn't see him as much of a crafty fighter as say a Kell Brook. Uh, and he, 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 he seems very confident about the fight. And I have to imagine that comes from what you guys have already worked on previous fights. But I also have to feel like it comes from you. Now, you seem very confident going into the fight. What, are we, what should we expect on September 28th? I think you should expect to be very phenomenal. As Errol said, because I only, I only talk about what he said. I can't say for my for what I want to say. So I'm saying okay. He's gonna get him. He's gonna knock him out. He's gonna beat him up. Oh wow! He's gonna punish him. Well, you're gonna punish him. So he wants he to punish him, huh? Put him back in line. He, said, he told him I'm gonna punish you. What he told him. Wow! Wow! I haven't heard Earl talk like that before. No. So it's getting personal a little bit. Well, no. It, that, well, that was from the first press conference. Wow! If you gotta watch the first press conference. You know, and tell him, what are you gonna do? What are you? See, he's really trying to like. This, this this is what you realize. I mean, I realize this. If they know they can't beat him. I mean, I, I think I think they know. So he's trying to how wordsmith him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's not gonna get this conversation of going back and forth with. He's not gonna do that because he's not that type of guy. He's just say, man, forget. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock you out. <laughs> forget about it. I'm, this is what I'm gonna do. So he's not that guy to go back and forth with you for no reason at all. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we we'll play like this. We're gonna see. Errol Smith that you've never seen before. I mean, think about this. Tom Porter barely beat everybody who he just fought. Or he barely lost to him. So that shows you everybody, all those guys in the same boat. Hmm. He barely... Ogloss was a questionable decision. Danny Garcia was a questionable decision. Keith Thurman was close, questionable. So it's like, he hadn't beat really anybody. Like, beat him? So when you, so when you talk, the father's talking about beating Errol, was like, I mean, you know, like, you quite, you, everything you want was, every, all these other fights were questionable. Wow. <laughs> now, now, do you, his father feels like he has the inside with Errol because he worked with him in the past. Do you think that that's going to be? Hey, listen, 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 let me tell you something. Hey, look, I fought on the USA Amateur Boxing Team, too. Those coaches had little to no impact on these fighters. I mean, listen, you were a guy for six weeks, three weeks, four weeks. You can't do anything with them. Are you for real? Like, so, you know. He's overstating his position. I was on the USA team too. I know all these coaches. And listen, what's funny about that is that's when we experienced the worst coaches ever. <laughs> I mean, we always joke about these. We always joke about these coaches, like these other guys who come up. Most of them are not. I mean, most of them are like guys who never boxed before. They just like, come on, man. So he's overstating the situation. 
Wow. We we look like this. But okay, look at it like this. We see the way Earl Smith fights. We see the way Sean Porter fights. So who had the more profound impact on him? Think about that. Okay. We see the way Earl fights. We see the way Sean fights. Wow. I'm just saying. You say, I like the I like the fact that you're taking it personal, right? I mean, I I might have to I get, get you to to lace them up. I think I think you might be ready to go ahead and tape up. Hey, put on his, I just finished working out. I'm I'm in training. I'm training. I'm cutting. Listen, I'm training. I'm cutting weight. I'm getting. Listen, you never know. You never know when you got let loose. You never know. Cats do like to talk slick nowadays. Oh man, it's common. It's commonplace. I'm, you never know, man. So, you know, I'm, look, it's going to be a very exciting fight. It's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be really good. I mean, I think Sean's gonna, Sean, Sean Porter's going to be Sean Porter. I mean, well, I which mean, means that he's going to be a dog and he comes to fight. Right. Now, one thing about Sean that nobody can deny is well, wait, 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 Hey, tough talk. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, they put them down every day. They have to. They have to. But somebody usually get bit before they put them down. But but I tell you what. Okay. With this, with the situation, you know Sean is going to be in shape. Sean has a motor that is possibly unmatched. He goes and goes and goes, and that could actually play into Earl's hands in in a certain sense. As you know, we've been fans of uh, of Earl for a very long time. Very long time we had our eyes on him. Um, right. I actually, I would prefer these two to not fight because I like I like both right. of their styles. I like the way that Somebody's they both fight. Somebody got to take ladies' love. Yeah, LL is in the house after this fight, and uh, and it's going to be interesting to find out who it is because Sean's been on the show. Sean and Kenny are friends of the Ozone. Really appreciate it. We're going to yeah. do in-depth coverage on this fight because I want to promote this fight for you guys because I think this has the opportunity to be fight of the year, man. You got two dudes with major yeah. heart. Major heart. I don't think there's any quit in either one of the guys. And it's dangerous when you get in a fight like that with two guys that are on a high skill level that have no interest in backing down and quitting. Yeah, you're right. But listen, I always say heart gets you killed, first of all. It can. Because yeah. you don't know when to stop. But listen, but listen at the same time, Kenny's not going to let Sean take that ass whooping. He's going to stop the fight. If he, he put it like this. There is no moral victory in boxing. Just like Mike U.S. here. Man, are you for real? Your dad was begging to stop the fight. Your brother wanted to stop the fight. So just because the fence means nothing. Your yeah. family was like, hey, man, you know, so listen, I cannot see. I mean, man, man listen, maybe I'm, I'm like, I don't, you know, he loves his son. I think that it'll be an issue with that, the fact that he's not going to let him take those punches like that. Think about this, man. I'm going to tell you something. Listen, if you go back and watch Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, those guys are not accurate at all. They were standing right in front of each other's face and were missing each other. Well. <laughs> they were missing. Go, go back go, go back and watch. They're like, man, how in the hell do y'all not hear each other? Like, are you for real? They were right in each other's faces and not landing punches. Now, Derek, let me ask you this. Is there anything that you see that Sean Porter does well, like he excels at? He's a hell of a commentator. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I'm joking, man. I'm joking, man. I'm joking. I'm doing a comedian right now. He is a good commentator, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right man, look like this. He's tough, man. He has tenacity. Like, you know, it's like this. You you, 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 you have to take what guys are great at, and you have to 
use it against him. Like you said earlier, man, his, his determination is motivation. But I think that he has to come to hell. There's no way a five foot six guy is going to outbox Earl Spence. Right. You know what I mean? We about to find out. Yeah. We about to find out on the twenty eighth. I can't wait. Now tell me this about the other catch you fool with. What are, talk to me about the the because you know we, we one of the reasons we all got along so well is because you always got your finger on the pulse of community and what's happening in boxing. Now your stable has a lot of guys over there that are friends. Earl is friends with all the guys that are the major names minus AB. Right. You got y'all y'all all friends over there, and uh, I would actually really like to see. Uh, the Charlo brothers get the fights that they deserve. I would really like to see what you think about what's happening down there at 130 between potentially Tevin Farmer and Tank Davis and so on and so forth. It's a, it's a lot of, it's an exciting time in boxing, especially on the smallest side, even with the heavyweights going down right now. And, uh, you know, I would like to know what you think is critical to continue boxing to have this resurgence and stay on the highest level. I think that, man, it's going phenomenal. I think that with the different avenues that, you know, you got um, the zone. I think that they're doing good. But the only issue with them is that they don't promote the fights. So you got to, like, look up and catch a fight. Like, I don't see I don't see how they they don't promote it. So people don't even know. They had two shows back-to-back in Dallas. Never know advertising. I mean, who knew that they were having fights? Right. But they're doing great. I mean, listen, what like this. The more avenues fighters have to fight, the good, better fights you'll get. I mean, Tevin Farmer, I went, I went to that fight. Uh-huh. And uh, I had never seen him fight before. He's a very slick fighter. He is. Very slick fighter. But I think, man, listen, man, that is a that, he's a very slick fighter, but <laughs> who, who wants to watch that? I mean, are you for real? Like, dude, you got to throw some punches. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you need more action. Punches, yeah. Man. And you see that you see that with the tank situation, especially with little guys. More people were excited about Tank's second round action, second round fight, two round fight than twelve rounds of defensive specialty. Oh, it was horrible. I mean, it was just. (laughs) And this is what I mean by this horrible because he's so good. So you know what I'm saying? Like when you're so good, show just how great you are. Throw more punches. I mean, every punch that he needed to throw, he created with the head movement. Everything he did. But I'm like, man, come on. She just had to give us more and more and more. He is phenomenal. Wow. But man, I mean, my God, like, dude, what are you going like? You got like, I mean, he got to throw more punches, man. I mean. Well, they're making it sound like Vinny Gellerby is making a, a, right. a, 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 an offer. Uh, I'm sure it'll be on the low ball yeah, side. Look, look, look. So they can actually fight. I, I will fight him, too. But that's what I saw the last time. I got, I never seen him fight before. I just heard about him. Right. right, he is great, but he just does not throw punches. Like, what do you like? What's the point of all that? What's the point of all that head movement? Yeah, if you're not going to, uh, what you see that booed him too. Well, see, you know, like, and I also think I think he got a little bit caught up because you know uh, in in the R.I.P. period for for Pernell yeah, Whitaker, he and he was he him. was putting the extra yeah, he was putting yeah. extra slick a little extra oil slick on the Pernell grease. Because Pernell threw him though, and Pernell yes, right, him. right, 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 right. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, right. I mean, does he remind you a lot of Pornell? But Pornell might might knock you out. You know what I'm mean, saying? Exactly. It's true. It's true. Exactly. <laughs> he got he, 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 he's going to see the defense that he has is so great because it discourages offense mm-hmm. from the opposition. Guy feels like he can't hit him, but but it should encourage. He's got to throw more punches. Man. It's just hard to watch. 
All right, now I got one last thing for you because we got we to gotta move on. We'll be sitting around here piling around with you all day. You'll be the whole podcast. <laughs> and we got to save that for when we live. Uh, we, I, 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 I'll get y'all a dog, man. <laughs> Come on, buddy. No, so check it out. <laughs> boxing Rec put out their their all-time greats list, and in most boxing fans' eyes, they lost a lot of credibility because at the top of their list, they had Floyd Mayweather, followed by number two at Manny Pacquiao. I think Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Robinson came in about 25, <laughs> but then they, they, they came in like three or four. For real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you didn't this, see it. This is it. Let me, let me read it to you. And uh, that's this is what this I want to get. Time. A, this is not in one weight class. This is oh no, all, this is go overall this all is, time. This is overall all time. And I mean, boxing rack. You guys should be ashamed of yourself. That this this shouldn't ever. You lost credibility. You've lost all credibility. Here we go. Uh, starting number one, they got Floyd Mayweather Jr., Manny Pacquiao, Carlos Monzon, Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Robinson, Bernard Hopkins, Joe Lewis, Archie Moore, Oscar De La Hoya, Julio Cesar Chavez. Evander Holyfield, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Floyd Patterson, and Ray Leonard are, are in their top. That's their top 15. So Ray Leonard is number 10. Ray Leonard is, no, Ray Leonard is number 15. All time. Yeah. They got Ray Leonard. Yeah, exactly. They got that. <laughs> I mean, I read the list, and I was like, come on, man. I don't know who, Floyd, as as, yeah. who he paid off for this list. He must have just bought I don't, he, I, just, I, don't, I don't know. Because when you put a list, you put names on it. Floyd is great, but I don't think he he should be number one. Oh, come on, man! It's not a bo- it's not a boxing record list. Yeah, no, this, mean, is, Ali, this is the problem. You, you, you're 40, talking about, you, Ali had forty wins or whatever. What it fifty wins? Yeah, I mean, so you know what I mean. But, well, you but, got but, Rocky, but on this on this list, Rocky Marciano is number eighteen. Yeah, and, and if you're going just on record, you oh, well, can't have well, a guy that's forty nine and zero as eighteen. Right. And yeah. what about Sugar Ray Robinson? So Rocky, what about Sugar Ray Robinson? The thing about this, skill set was like, he fought, he fought his brother a couple times. So, so gotta, <laughs> what can you do? I mean, he was talking slick. You got you to gotta, gotta fight who's there. Okay, so, so clearly you don't agree with the list. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm on the list. I'm on the list twice. I had a, I had a trilogy. I had a trilogy despite getting knocked out in the third round. Both fights. So... Check it out. Y'all fighting tonight. I'm letting you know. So look though. So my so this is my question. Clearly the list is bogus. My question is this. Right. This is something that we had a conversation with off off air. Who you got? Muhammad Ali or Joe Lewis? We just had a conversation. Oh, we had it. We talked about that. I think Muhammad Ali's name was too fast, man. It was too he was Joe Lewis is too slow. That jab will say that just a little bit too long, man. I don't. I don't see it. I got the bomber. You know, I got the bomber. Plus, I think he was too small for Ali. Three, two, three. Two, three. Yeah, both of them weighed about the same. Both of them weighed about the same weight. About two fifteen, two eighteen. But but, but 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 Ali was like six foot three, six four. And Joe Lewis, Joe Lewis, six three, six four. The matchup is what? actually nice. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the only thing, I mean, the clear advantage that Muhammad Ali has is speed, and yeah. that was always his advantage. But <laughs> Joe Lewis cuts the ring off, and and he cuts the ring off, oh and the God. power advantage is overwhelming. Yes, like it's like it's not True. even it's overwhelming. Yeah, but I still I still think Ali would have beat him because I'm gonna tell you why, man. I just think Ali was a better fighter. He was he was. He was so the speed plays a big factor. Enormous, in sure does. Enormous, especially for the big guys. Yeah, probably just 
So, so when you think about, like, Joe Louis cutting the ring off, man, he was too slow. I mean, Ali was like so, that jab was like click, 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 click. All right, I'm going to leave you with a quote. We see you with Ali. I think both of us are with the bomber. And, and it also depends. We talking peak versus. Brothers, we talking. We don't agree all the time. We, we, we talking peak. We talking peak versus peak. Um, and I'm gonna leave you just with the quote of 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 my guy on it because along with what you're saying, Muhammad Ali told Joe Lewis to his face that you know what, the bum of the month club, the bum of the month club. That's all you ever did was knock out and fight bums. And Joe Lewis said, That's right. Yep. And if you were there, you would have been one of them. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, world champion uh, trainer Derek James. <laughs> and that's old Joe. That was on the coke that, that had that had the, that, that, that wasn't even sharp. And old Joe had seen Working enough casino. had seen enough of his work to be like, oh yeah, I'm not impressed. I know how to get you out of there. <laughs> that might, I might oh need three God. rounds. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, now. Hey, we love you, man. Oh, Thank you for calling in. We talk to you soon. Okay, we'll see you. We're going to come down. We're going to come down and record with y'all from there. We're going to do a, se- a special segment from me with you guys there. All right, all right. All right, all right. All right, now. Okay, talk to you soon. Always a good time to have. Uh, the, the, the real insight, the real professionals in there, man. They, what a guy. What a mouse. All right, moving on now. Lot of lot of controversy going on about the Andy Ruiz <laughs> about the Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua rematch that's set to happen in Saudi Arabia. Honestly, folks, this is not a pro move in my opinion. I'm very disappointed, and I'm actually thinking of boycotting watching the fight. This is uh, Saudi Arabia is going over the top when it comes to the civil rights abuses. And killing people directly. I mean, they directly killed an American citizen and said ah, it was an accident. And our idiot president decided, yeah, of course it was an accident. They said it was an Look, accident. Look, we we're not going to lose all that money behind one guy. Exactly. So, so we sold him some guns. We tied some things in. And so they're on a, a real mega pursuit, Saudi Arabia, to get there, to make sure that they can buy their way back into the public's good graces and let Jamal Khashoggi's name die along with his severed, mutilated body. Well, and this is a character flaw that we have as a nation because, you know, sure a lot is. of time money, you can pay your way out of any, anything. You sure know? is. We're seeing it in the NFL right now, yeah. a foreshadowing of what we'll talk about on our football segment. We're seeing it with Jay-Z in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, also very disappointing to me. Um, but Andy Ruiz doesn't want to rematch against Anthony Joshua in Saudi Arabia just because I don't know if it's a from what I've heard I don't know if it's the civil rights angle or if it's just the fact that he doesn't feel like he's going to get a fair shake there and I think he has a very valid point if the fight took place in Mexico City or if the fight took place in the states you're talking about a potential neutral ground in the states and you're talking about in Mexico City you're talking about having the Latino world there uh, especially with him having home belt cooking belt after belt. Yeah. Um, the tricky part about being the champ, like Andy Ruiz became the champ, is is you become the champ, pseudo champ. Yeah, you're the champ. You are the champ, but you're the champ with strings attached because you Unt- signed a deal exactly in so advance because they didn't expect you to win. Yeah, to get an opportunity to fight him, so he exactly. doesn't really have a lot of. He doesn't have any leverage. He doesn't have any leverage. And Eddie Hearn is now saying that, hey, listen, it, it, we're going straight to court if he doesn't want to do this. Straight to court, as he should. And he's going to lose the belts because that contract, I'm pretty sure, is airtight. I'm sure it's airtight. <laughs> airtight. And the other piece is is that this says a lot about Eddie Hearn. 
in my opinion. And it also says to the idea of what – and Anthony Joshua has done a good job. As everybody that listens to the Ozone knows we're big Anthony Joshua fans. But Anthony Joshua has done a good job of sidestepping the why of it being in Saudi Arabia. And when they ask him, he always says, well, you know, I wanted it to be at Cardiff or in Wembley. And, you know, I'm, I'm fine with he that. He said he wanted to and, win it back in New York. And he said he wanted to win it back in New York. Yeah. To me, I think that's putting a brave face on the idea that the numbers that they're reporting are absurd. They're saying that he's in line to make between 40 to $90 million off of this fight mm-hmm. because Saudi Arabia has a nonstop pipeline of money because we can't stop driving gasoline-based cars. <laughs> and, uh, and, and to Andy Ruiz's 9 to $15 million or something to that effect. It's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes out. Because this is a this is bleeds over. This is a situation where sport bleeds outside, of, which it does often. It does often, usually in the best ways, right? But a lot of people don't. They don't take responsibility. That's and Eddie Hearns has already came out and said. Eddie Hearns has already came out and said that he's for the money. You know, he's yes. he's about getting paid, and he's a promoter. He's not a politician, right? And I understand his angle, but I understand some, his angle sometimes too. you have to take responsibility. You're bigger than you know. If you have it's that big bigger. slice of pie. You have to share some of it, you know, and not with the Saudis at this point because the Saudis are not doing what's right for the community. The world community, the global community. It's not right. Um, and along those lines, uh, Anthony Joshua has a bone to pick with another former champion. He's a serious problem with Lennox Lewis. A serious problem. Let's hear what Anthony Joshua had to say uh, in a recent interview. And You have to go to Sky Sports to watch the whole thing, but let's here's a little clip for you. I guess the likes of Lennox Lewis came back from massive losses. Lennox is a clown. I don't respect Lennox. He created a legacy, though. So, so am I. That's what I was about to say. Is this all part of the legacy? Are you it's aware nothing, of how Nothing compared is? to what Lennox is doing. Nothing. Me and Lennox aren't the same. My legacy is to sit back and enjoy the younger generation coming up and not to really be involved. Just appreciate what, what it takes to get there. Lennox isn't like that. Wow. Me and Lennox are cut from a different cloth. It's a serious business there. Yeah, and I, I agree with him. I mean, a lot of these older cats... <laughs> Lennox is a clown? Well, not... not <laughs> like, maybe. Come on out, Lennox. Yeah, my brother was talking <laughs> slick about you. <laughs> now, run back to say, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, because Lennox needs to step back a little bit and let him have his shine. A lot of these guys can't stand to be out of the limelight. Lennox is being a... a announcer now which is cool but he can't compare his career to anthony joshua's yet because anthony joshua's career is just getting started and not only that lennox lewis was upset twice by people who were just in the same boat as andy ruiz oliver mccall and hasim rockman could have been number three if shannon briggs yeah, had a it, it was close number, yeah exactly and it was close to number three so he can't but, but also there's nothing wrong with losing and getting upset. Exactly. There's something wrong with it but, in the sense that it doesn't make you the champ. The, but depending is, is how you get back. Yeah, but on another point, Rondi Piper. What you got? Is that Lennox Lewis is right to a certain degree because he's saying one of his biggest points is that he needs to tra- change trainers. And, the same and, thing and, that and Lennox AJ, Lewis did. And AJ doesn't want to believe that. Lennox Lewis is actually speaking from a place exactly. of, of knowing. Of this experience. Situation, yeah. Of wisdom. Uh-huh. And and uh, I, I've actually hung out with the champ a few times. I like Lennox. Mm-hmm. Lennox is a cool dude. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of him as a boxer, but I'm a more of a fan of him after his career. Now, it's funny what he's saying uh, on Twitter. He said, I'm disappointed in Anthony Joshua's words, but I understand that this, quote, jealousy narrative was only fabricated after I criticized them for the Wilder negotiations. All of a sudden, I'm a hater. Ask who benefits from such a simple-minded narrative. Not AJ, not me. I think this speaks for itself. 
Casting me as a jealous hater for AJ's career is nonsense. It all started with rightful criticism for not doing enough to make the Wilder fight happen. I won't be pitted against AJ. Yeah, and that's cool too, but he's actually being pitted against AJ because he, he keeps poking the bear. You know, and, and one of the problems is the same way that he acted like he was in control of his career and he made decisions, he also, we know, <laughs> you had his managers make decisions for him as well. These guys, everybody's team picks their fighters or picks the fights for their fighters at the right time or what they feel like is the right time. Right. And Anthony Joshua didn't seem to me to be the one that was running. After we see all the money that was offered to these guys to fight him, nobody wanted any. And this is exactly how you get these guys in the ring by taking a loss a lot of times. Because yeah. this is exactly how Evander Holyfield got Mike Tyson in the ring. And this is how Gennady finally got Canelo in the exactly. ring. Was that he looked human against Danny Jacobs despite and, winning. Exactly. And then all of a sudden everybody wants to fight you or you weren't that good. Well, right. we're about to see. So when he comes and has this rematch, if he loses, then you guys are right. But if he doesn't, then who's going to step up to the mic? Right. Right. And, and along those same lines, you know, uh, Jaime Munguia is having a, a change in trainers and management. I do believe not in management, but in trainers. And uh, he's a he's a golden boy fighter. And now he's training with Eric Morales. And Eric Morales is a real deal. Exactly. And and just like the thing, you know, we had Holly Little Bear Lawson on here talking. It was very important for, for fighters to recognize at different stages when they need to change. It is very, very difficult for a fighter who's been with his same trainer for his entire career to then up and say, you know what? It's now it's the time. I've 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 maxed out from here. And that was one of the things I thought was really impressive by Tyson Fury actually with Ben Davison and bringing in Freddie Roach. And you saw that spat of what happened that in the corner that time because Freddie Roach came out mm-hmm. about after the Wilder fight and said if it was me running the corner, we would have went for the knockout. And actually, I think that's where we messed up is because we had enough to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. And Ben wanted to play it conservatively. Yeah, and we also see the same thing with Triple G and and Abel, Abel Sanchez as well. Sometimes there's, there just needs to be a change. You need to change up your game plan. You need to grow. That's a part of evolution. But if you stay in the same place, you might get the same results. Because yeah, Andy and, Ruiz and, is not a punk. Andy Ruiz is ready. <laughs> he's ready. And he's ready. He is. He is high powered. And actually, he's going in with the confidence of already knowing what you look like on your back four times. Exactly. You know. And he knows that sweet spot on your dome to get you to do the Elvis <laughs> Presley. You start dancing. For You're him. in love. <laughs> You're all shook up. <laughs> 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 yeah, he had him all shook up, and uh, this is—I mean, I think this should be a better fight than than. I have—I'm really confident. Me and Derek actually had a conversation about it off air, and uh, we disagree because he feels like Andy Ruiz. He's going for the hometown boy, Andy Ruiz, but I feel like Anthony Joshua got enough to stop him. I think Anthony Joshua, and even if it goes to distance, I don't know if he would be able to go to distance with a guy like Anthony Joshua. You know, if you stand out there and pop that jab, if there's no answer for a dude to six six. And he's standing out there popping the jab. At, you to a guy that's 6'1". Yeah. 6'2", whatever Andy Yeah, is. and you can literally live out there and pop yeah, the jab at to. 250, 260 pounds. And if you listen to hey, well, you know he's leaner now. Yeah. He's more cut. He's mm-hmm. lean. 242 right now. And that's pre-fight. So yeah. we're going to be interesting to see where this goes. Got to move on, though, folks. Got to move on. Right now, let's talk about a little hoops. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we told you that while we were on vacation in Los Angeles, we weren't consulted. And suddenly Los Angeles became the basketball capital of the world. The Mecca. The Mecca of, of the hoops is right here. And a crazy thing happened. The Lakers and the Clippers got stacked. 
full-blown stacked. And when you looked at it, Anthony Davis came to the Lakers for basically the whole team of the Lakers besides LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma. And uh, then they, they made a little bit of a surprise signing and picked up his old stable mate, Boogie Cousins. And when asked about that in the press conferences, Anthony Davis actually had a little sly remark and said, yeah, LeBron thinks that that he brought us to his team, but actually we just joined up with him. <laughs> he actually, we brought him to our team that we had down in New Orleans. Well, there's trouble in paradise, ladies and gentlemen, because just this morning, the man known as DeMarcus Boogie Cousins had a needed knee contact injury that immediately spread like wildfire. He went and he got his MRI and on the same leg that has the torn quad and the healed up Achilles, he now has a torn ACL. This totally and completely changes the perspective of what the Lakers are going to do this year, in my opinion. And we also have a caller and a family of the Ozone who wants to discuss. I've been called, but I feel like I'm being pranked. Hey, <laughs> you're not being pranked. Oh, no, no, this no. is a live edition of the Ozone. Oh, you know, you've, you've you've quickly become our basketball consultant. And I mean, guru. I, I have in-house to say, guru. you're the in-house guru. And I'm, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we have star of stage and screen, Mr. Jaleel White, live on the Ozone. And I tell you, people respond to you, brother. We wouldn't bring you back if your ratings were low. We would <laughs> just because we got love. But you, but you tested well in the demo. <laughs> Talk to me, man. What is the topic of the day, gentlemen? You, what is you know the what? The, the, the topic of the day is your beloved Los Angeles. This is a this is a LA All Star on the line, ladies and gentlemen. This is this man is from born and raised here and has created a fantastic life and a wonderful career where he's entertained you all for decades from right here. And you know what he knows about? He knows about the Los Angeles Lakers. Tell me about what just happened in Laker Town. You know about ACLs. What, hey man, what do you know about feel, ligaments? If, if I was feeling bad earlier today, I feel great right now. <laughs> After that intro. You see that? You see that? I, I, I'll boost you up, brother. Yeah, so 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 I was headed to the gym, and the and the guard at the, the security gate at Warner Brothers was like, man, you see what happened? I was asleep. I didn't even know. I I hadn't consulted the, the Twitter sphere this morning. I know. And uh, and suddenly a little knee to knee contact has changed the landscape once again in Los Angeles. Talk to me. Listen, man. This is uh, this is a, a pivotal moment for for Boogie Cousins in his career. I've seen it happen with other guys before. Um, you know, first of all, prayers up. I'm not somebody that's trying to talk smack or anything like that. If anything, I'm I'm extending him and and a, a virtual olive branch to say, brother, more than ever, it's time for you to dig deep into your spirit and, and, and you know, reestablish what your purpose is. I, I think his career for in the way he envisioned it is over. That's just that the way he envisioned it. So I, I say that, um, and it doesn't mean that, that there's not a, a, um, a, a light at the end of the tunnel. But um, the the big two hundred million dollars that they just handing out like uh, um, chips and salsa at, at yeah. a Mexican restaurant yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not that's not that's not coming. That's the guac. And, a buck twenty five, hundred twenty five yeah. million chips service. and salsa. <laughs> yeah, the the guacamole, right. guacamole is two hundred million. Is, is the chips and salsa? <laughs> the, 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 the two hundred million that that's the guac. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for that correction. Sorry. You got to order that uh, at the happy uh, hour. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's just like the problem that I really have is I kind I have a problem with a society that wants to make a man feel like if he doesn't achieve that, somehow he's a failure. And I think that's the road that he's headed down right now if he doesn't have the right people around him to to support his mind, quite frankly. I think he can play again, but I don't think he's ever going to play again for the dollar amounts that he that he envisioned and that he feels that he deserves. Well, even with the dollar amount, it's about him playing at an elite level, you know, and that's one of the biggest yeah. disappointments. Because Exactly, because at this point now, he's, he's, he, he's looking at how can I contribute? You know, have you, have you ever noticed that the best NBA coaches are guys who were former role players? Have you noticed that the superstars wow, yeah. have a are terrible coaches? We've, yeah. spoken, we've yeah, yeah. spoken about that on the Ozone. Yeah. Right? Have you not? Okay, because it's a, and the reason why, just to, to, to tell the, the, the listener, it's a psychological thing. The, the, the role players can imagine the team from every position because they've always had to figure out their role wherever they were. So it didn't mean that they weren't a BMOC, big man on campus, wherever they were from. Right. And, and people don't realize that about the NBA, too. Every single guy in the NBA was the biggest deal in his community. Every single guy. Yep. But there reaches a point where you put enough alpha males in a room where somebody's just got to figure out their role. Yeah. And he has he has now become a injury-prone role player. And so that's why I said, I didn't say his career was over. I said his career is over the way he envisioned. And that was very, that was, that was, that was, that I, I chose my words carefully because I can look at somebody like a Derrick Rose and I can really see and respect and love the resilience that he showed because at the end of the, you know, he went through a lot of stuff, a lot of personal stuff, stuff that we don't even need to talk about quite frankly. Right. And you see that he's, you know, and to see that he's got even where the contract that he got with the Pistons, Derrick Rose, this summer. I'm more proud of that contract for Derrick Rose than the crazy than his two hundred million dollars. Yeah. Then it, there you go, there yeah. you go, and you know why, Omar? I say yeah. that because he now knows what he. It, it's all been recalibrated in his mind. And trust me, this piston contract means a lot to him. Means a lot to him. It and does, that's and that's why that performance to support what you're saying, that's why that performance meant so much to him uh in Minnesota last year when he put up the fifty or was it forty or fifty he put up? I think up. he put up fifty. Yeah, he put yeah. up fifty. And they literally was crying like they won the championship. It was such a yeah, and, and I, come to Jesus yeah. moment of things coming around from where he was and the player that he was to the player that he had to turn into to even stay in the league. We're watching this also play out on the other side of this argument. We're watching this play out with Carmelo Anthony completely on the other side of this. Yep. Because he can't take a yep, role. Completely he, on the other. He can't he, take a role. He's he's been too used to being a man. I'm the man. The, my role. My wife is fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm the man. I'm supposed to put the ball in the hole. That's it. This and is who I am. Know, I'm mellow. Me, I, I don't. You know. I, I guess I feel. I feel like I can identify with it a little bit because as a kid, I took a role. Mm. I played my role, and I had to do a lot of things. To be quite honest, even though I was technically the man behind the scenes, I had to know my role. Right. And so uh, psychologically, it's just something that I identify with. I've always looked at the Robert Ories and those kind of people differently because I'm like, hey, without Big Shot Rob, without Ray Allen, certain rings just don't even come through. Right. Dennis Robin. And, and, and so exactly. And I, and I see those I see those kind of guys and I'm just I'm drawn to them and I feel like they're relatable characters. So if, any, if more than ever, I would love to see the Boogie Cousins reality show now. 
because this is, this is, this, a new chapter is beginning and it can be a very positive chapter. It can be a very inspiring chapter. Um, I think there can be a, there's, there's room for an attitude adjustment to be quite honest. I yeah. think there's certain things I see. Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't know him personally, personally. So I don't ever want to be like, man, you know, the dude was talking smack. No, I'm saying, brother, I've known a lot of people before you. I've known a lot of Grand Hills and Penny Hardaway's and injuries are a part of the game. And they are, they have now injected themselves into his life and to a, to a major degree. And, and I just, I don't, I don't want to see him crumble. I don't. I just know that. And it's very possible. Well, it's it's a, not gonna be, and it's a definite test of character. This is a huge test of character. And, and it's just like you just said. It's, it's monumental. The people, it's monumental. The people that are around him are going to have such a giant impact on uh, this. Because you're talking about a guy who for the last, I would say, four years is the most dominant center in basketball right. until last year yeah. when he hurt his Achilles. And that he got hurt going into the playoffs. He had dominated all year then. Even this last basketball season, in a season that he he played for league veteran minimum and that he was coming off of an early off of an Achilles injury plus then tore a quad, I just looked at his numbers. My man still put up 16 and 8. And that's a yes. that's a thirty to forty yes. percent boogie of what he was. But you notice something I noticed about Boogie when he plays, though, is um, Boogie can play mad sometimes, and I think that's something that maybe he tapped into to get better performances out of himself when he was younger. But I noticed that whenever he played mad in the playoffs, especially like Game Five or um, you know certain circumstances, it would really be a detriment to the team. And he couldn't and he match could, he that. He could force. And that was, but that, I, 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 that, I don't agree, though, because that's part of his game, and that's the way that he played. So when he came in there angry, when he came in there, when they had benched him a little bit, and he came out there, he came out there with force, with attitude and anger, and it helped him to propel. But but the problem is that Boogie has established this standard that he has a bad attitude, so the league doesn't accept it. So the refs look at him a okay. different way. There's that, but let me, let me throw this at that. I, I actually agree with both of you guys. And you're right. That last piece that you're saying, I think, is right, Terry. But I also think that a key component is what Jaleel said earlier. He cultivated something where he tapped into this angry boogie character Mm -hmm. to then in turn drive his game, right? Which he was fine with the repercussions of that with the league, coming to your point, Terry. Mm -hmm. Here's where I interject and say the problem is he continued that in the finals last year, as we saw, which I was amazed that he came back so quickly from the torn quad to varying degrees of success. Because there was one game when he came back and he dominated. Look terrible. And then the next game, no, remember when, yeah, Clinton, yeah, when, when I think it was down. Clay got hurt or Steph got hurt. Uh-huh. He came back and he dominated. Then he came back the next game and tried to play the mean guy. And he had five or six turnovers right off the bat. And the reason being is that wasn't any longer supported by his body. You can Bingo. do that when your body allows you to turn it on and off. Because you're the man. He was but, he's but literally I also, the alpha male out there. Yeah, but I also felt like he thought that he was going to be playing a different role than what they had him play at that point. And so mentally he wasn't there. To me, I don't I don't think that's I don't get the feeling that Steve Kerr is, you know, blow smoke. I don't I don't think No, I, but I, you know, I, Kevin Looney was hurt. So Kevin Looney was hurt and then Boogie was like the backup of Kevin Looney, but then Boogie didn't even get to start after Kevin Looney got hurt. Yeah, but Boogie was supposed to be still rehabbing basically from the Achilles. They brought, I get they brought him back. And, and they brought him back early to rehab in You're Houston. making our point you're making our point for us, Terry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, is that uh, when you are a role player, 
your role changes from moment to moment, game to game, week to week, month to month. Your role will change, and you have to adjust. Mm-hmm. Right. And, when you're Kobe Bryant, it doesn't change. When you're exactly when, when you're Michael Kobe, Jordan, when you're it doesn't Allen change. At the top of their game, when you're Michael Jordan, it doesn't change. That role never everybody, changes. Everybody adjusts to you. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. You're number one on the you call see what sheet. I'm saying? So I hear guys saying, I love the game so much. You know, I just, I, I don't, I don't, you know, it's going on with Melo right now where everybody's just, you know, where he's just like, you know, Melo clearly wants to send out the message. Like, don't, don't question my love for the game. I love the game. Nobody's questioning your love for the game, bro. We know that you obviously <laughs> love the game in order to, to right? nobody's questioning that. We're questioning what are you willing to give to the game now that the game is giving you so much. Where's the sacrifice? Because now it's, now it's time for you to sacrifice for your love for the game. Well, and this, that part hasn't been seen out of anybody yet. Yeah, but this is a part of life and the game and everything else. He it comes a time in life where you have to eat the slice of humble pie, and most of them don't want to eat it. No, because they've been the big man on campus their entire lives. Yeah, they've been well, coddled and babied and everything us, else. Yeah, yeah. We, is that we, have, we? They're the worst NBA player makes more than the biggest stars in television. <laughs> <laughs> the worst right? NBA player. Can you believe that? The bum the that gives worst. you that gives you one point four and point oh eight rebounds per game. Posted on the bench. He's a role it's player. Okay. He knows his role. He knows his role is <laughs> give to you go one to board. The bank. <laughs> My role is to give you one board and go to the bank. Sarunas Slovakio made sixteen million dollars over eight years. <laughs> He's getting his cheese. Okay. I get this makeup name, guys, and <laughs> and we don't we. We don't see those kind of fees. That's what I mean when I'm saying, I'm like, listen, don't talk about love for the game unless you're going to be willing to show it. And now more than ever, you got two guys, I think, who they're going to have to show it. Now, I'm going to be interested right now because now more than ever, too, listen, if LeBron want to speak up, they got a spot for Melo now. I mean, that, that, that's you can't, Melo's yeah. not going to step in and, 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 uh, and replace Boogie. Now tell me this. Did you think Boogie was a key component for them to actually move forward? Did. Or did you feel like he, yes, like, like Terry proposed that he actually just took them over the top? Boogie took him over the top to me because they didn't need Boogie. They, it was great to have Boogie. Boogie, they needed Boogie more last year than they needed him this year. But, Boogie took that team over the top because with him and AD and Bron, you got three superstars. Now it's yeah. just, now you have two superstars and a bunch of role players as you were speaking on. But Boogie takes you over the top because if you get fifty percent of what Boogie was, then you you are better than eighty percent of the uh, centers in the league. It's a lot of money. And again, I don't Thank use you. that superstar. I really, I don't use that superstar superstar term lightly. So I, I never expected uh, three superstars. I expected two and a half. Mm. And and now and now and that's kind of based on that's also, that's kind of based on Boogie's old performance. No, no, no. I agree with what Jalil is saying. Of you, course, nobody's saying that 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 Boogie, Boogie was a super, not a superstar. No, he's not a superstar now. He was I'm not, not after a superstar. The he was no, a, he was not a superstar when you put. So up when do you when do you decide to take away the superstar title? When somebody gets hurt, they're not a superstar anymore. Yeah, if you no. put, if you go from putting up twenty six to putting up uh, sixteen, you're no longer a superstar. Boogie was just one Dwight year Howard, out of an injury. Dwight Howard is no longer a superstar. It's no longer a superstar. That's, that's not the same it's thing. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. It's Dwight a, Howard has been sliding for the last four years. Don't sleep. Put up Dwight Howard's numbers. Dwight Howard's numbers are still legit. You know, they're just kind of worthless. I'm cutting y'all all off. Go ahead. Y'all all off, Terry. Yes. With the definition of a superstar is how do you talk, how do they talk about you at the barbershop? And how do they talk about Boogie? And, 
And Dwight Howard and Boogie are not superstars at the barbershop today. Not today, but last year, Boogie is always going to be good. Boogie was still considered a superstar. When they signed Boogie, they signed Boogie as a superstar. They didn't sign Boogie and say, well, you know what? We might be getting a role player. They no, said, he no, that's not true. She wasn't then. That's why they got him for $5 million. Yeah. Do you know what a superstar means? Nobody called. Nobody called him. Superstar. Clay Thompson is a superstar. Kevin Durant is a superstar. You know, you know why those guys are superstars? Neither one of them can play next season. And they still got max contracts. They still got max. What? Got it? Yeah, but you, no, no, that's but, but, that, but that's a but that's a difference in size and everything. Boogie has put in more time than both of those guys as far as physical wear and tear. Kevin Durant is still considered, but how is Kevin Durant considered a superstar still? And he won't even play this whole year. That's our point. Listen, that's the point because the definition because again, he, the because definition you get big money, you're a superstar. superstar is what is the what's the no? What's the current buzz on you? If anybody yeah. had not offered Kevin yes. Durant the max, they would have been considered a fool to not do so. No one offered, but that's the whole point is that it's, it's very hard for these athletes sometimes to, re, to understand. They can't, they can't see it at all. Reflection, they can't see it. They can't see it at your, all. Your, your current, whatever your offer is today, Clay Thompson, and this is where I give him so much credit too. Clay Thompson, even when he hurt himself, I heard personally that he said, wish asked somebody, he was like, oh man, like, is this going to affect my free agency? He was scared. He was legitimately scared after hurting himself in these finals that this was going to negatively impact his free agency. And guess what? His body of work still held up enough and his age that there was no hesitation. But there's he all- got his super. No, but what I'm saying, you, 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 I know, I, I know what you're saying, but what I'm saying is that they're also because I, 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 I through to him. Oh, don't worry, I never. This is the superstar thing is probably the first ozone argument we ever had. Because he loved it. He said Drew Holiday was a superstar. He said all kind of guys he had on Victor the list. Victor Oladipo. Drew Holiday's a star, but he's not a superstar. No, and we're, and we're talking about three years ago. So this is, we're, yeah, we're talking even before this version of where we are now. You know, and yeah, I don't believe I don't believe Drew Holiday's ever, ever been a superstar, but he's, def- he's definitely a star. No, I mean, I, I, I'm all the way with you. Victor Oladipo. Is is a star, and right now Victor he's on the cusp. He's, he's on the cusp. cusp. He's on the cusp because right Before now he Victor Oladipo got hurt. He was a superstar. Yeah, but see, but not when you he, said he it three he years ago. It. I didn't say it three years ago. That yes, was, you did. That was when he played with Russell Westbrook. That was two years ago. When he also was not a superstar. Before that wasn't three hurt, years ago. I'm that was two you, years ago. But he was still also not a superstar. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. On Oklahoma City, he was never a superstar. Nobody could be a superstar. No, he was never a superstar. He was never a superstar then. Kevin Durant was a superstar. Terry, I'm telling you. No, he wasn't. Kevin Durant wasn't a superstar in Oklahoma City? Well, yeah, he was. I'm I'm not going to say that, but... Russell Westbrook, my point is the Russell Westbrook holds you back from what you're supposed to be, your potential. Which is a diversion from you and your misinterpretation. No, of your misinterpretation because you said it was three years ago and it wasn't. That's not misinterpretation. That's just That's factual all. error. No. Which is I'm, I'm willing to admit. I just are you willing, I just are you willing to admit that Victor Oladipo was it. never a superstar no, I'm not going to admit in that. Oklahoma City? I'm not going to, and you told him that I, <laughs> and you told him what I said too at the fight when we saw him too. He was like, oh, thanks, man. Right no, on. No, he, oh, of course he was. Yeah, that's right. I told him to his face. Yeah, yeah I told him. Cool I, said, I said, hey, I said, hey, man. Hey. My brother said you were a superstar. He's like, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. He felt the love. It was, it was true. And he was like, me? <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. Kenny Smith has the best quote about differentiating between players. In the the regular season, you make your name. In the playoffs, you make your fame. You become a superstar in the playoffs, period. And it's the the simplest definition of superstardom outside of what they're saying in the local barbershop or what 
what a consortium of executives are willing to pay you at any given time. And, and Victor Oladipo was definitely on the cusp with Indiana. If he comes back healthy. If he comes back he the same, be he will be. I agree. I agree. He will, I think he could be on the cusp again. Yep. So, anyways, back to the main focus. Now that now that Boogie is now that Boogie is off of the Lakers for the foreseeable future, where do they go? How do you think that that affects them and their status as the best team in Los Angeles, let alone the West? I personally, I let me give you mine first. I personally really give me yours. I really think people consistently underestimate how good LeBron James is. And just because people are so visual that this oh, is the first star. time. You want to go on record? That's super star. <laughs> I'm with T on this one. That's a supernova. So this is the, this is the first time we, we have never. This is the first time we haven't seen LeBron James in the playoffs in so long. Like the GDP has changed. Interest rates are they're different. Like everything is different. <laughs> Donald except, Trump's president. Except for minimum wage for the average worker. Everything else is different. And I, I will tell you this is that when LeBron James, I expect LeBron James to come back, especially after a bunch of rest on his legs, to have an insane season. Go give you that Marcus Allen. I, 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 I think he's a leading candidate for MVP. I think he's a leading candidate for MVP. Every now, year. Now, does that line up with the team actually making noise? I think a lot of that has to do with whether or not Anthony Davis is actually fragile or if he was playing games down in New Orleans and just didn't feel Anthony like Anthony Davis playing. has put on weight. Anthony Davis has worked on his jumper. Anthony Davis has got his step back three going. Anthony Davis looks great. I'm not saying no, but but Anthony before Davis but, no, but, but, but look great. Yeah, but, when did but, he not look great? But, but he looked fragile before. He doesn't look fragile anymore. Now to me, he never looked fragile. He just seemed like he was. Fragile. He, look, he looked fragile to me because he was so always look, here's thin. The What's the here's deal? The, here's, here's the deal. What you got? with the way with 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 with, uh, with with the way the Western Conference is shaping up now? I think this is going to be one of the most enjoyable years for fans in a long, long time. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think that. Injury and health is going to play a role. Um, and since there's so much parity now in the league, where it's now a, a two-superstar league and not a three-superstar league, um, I think so many teams are one injury away from vaulting uh, several spots in the playoffs. Or plummeting. And that's what we have to look uh, Or plummeting, exactly. Uh, if, if AD goes down or a, a Donovan Mitchell were to go down, or a, a, a Luka Doncic were to go down. Angela Russell. Um, you know, exactly. The this team that I you actually have to like Portland, because for that reason, two big men. Listen, I got it. I, I, I'm, I'm rambling out. I'm bringing it home. Trust me. I was, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, brother. Let him go full circle. I'm sorry. I no, no, 360. I'm bringing it home. I'm bringing it home. There's three teams that I feel are dangerous, uh, and, I, and I feel one of them is going to make – particular noise and that's either portland utah or denver um and i also feel like houston believe it or not i really feel like they're better <laughs> i feel like they're better with russell westbrook and I, the reason I, I, why is because of because they're healthy i don't i don't mind even saying that they're better it's irrelevant mike d'antoni can't win just plain and simple. I don't care if you bring him LeBron James. Neither can Mike, James Mike Harden. They just, the Mike, the, I, I can stop at Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. I don't even have to go to the guys. Yeah. Mike D'Antoni can't win. That system doesn't win. It's well, not James, gonna win. And James Harden has it a problem has when never he never won. It never went. It's nice. It's flash and dash. It, it looks just great. Like, just like what the Buffalo Bills did with the running gun. The running shoot, rather. But when you talk about James Harden out there, James Harden won't 
play as a team member when he had Chris. Chris Paul is the one that got all the, the flack, but Chris Paul was playing the game the right way. Either way it goes. Either way it goes. Doesn't matter. Mike D'Antoni can't win. I don't care who you give him. Yeah, he's true. had everybody. This yeah, is he's, true. Had, he's had everybody. This is true. He's had, how many MVPs? Now, Mike D'Antoni should be the MVP whisperer. Because Mike D'Antoni will make you an MVP. That's what he can do. He will make Steve <laughs> Nash an MVP. He, he, he'll have James Harden as the MVP. I believe when they were in New York, Amari Stoudemire was like on the verge of being the MVP. There's a, he's great at having individuals get individual shots. But that style gets shut down that in the playoffs. That style is dead in the playoffs. Absolutely dead and stinking. But along with what Jay is saying. I have the Lakers winning 50, I have the Lakers winning 54 games. Wow, you're putting it on the dot. Wow. And I don't think that's far-fetched at all because they were actually really good last year before LeBron James got hurt, and nobody ever talked about I, I that. Really, right. I think their most valuable pickup was Danny Green, and it just fell into their lap. Um, they finally have some reliable outside shooting. Um, and, uh, and again, you know, Terry, you said it, and we all said it. You know, LeBron, to me, is going to be an absolute tear to remind people who he <laughs> is, sure is now. Uh, now but, but, but once again, with all that said, you know, I think health is just load management. Is that the word phrase for phrase yeah, for that's it now? Is going to be is going to be more important than ever because, as we saw with this year, and congratulations to Toronto, not to take anything away from their wins because what they did against the Bucks was fantastic. But um, listen, it took some some dominoes falling into the right place in order for them to take take home the chip, and that's and and we're on on teams that are only going to have two superstars. You know, I'm just saying, hey, man, don't be surprised. If this guy gets hurt, this guy gets hurt, and all of a sudden we're talking about Luka Doncic and uh, Chris Porzingis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I feel like it, Dallas it, is a sleeper that nobody's it, speaking about. I think the Heat are Dallas Dallas is, is the Heat a sleeper. You like the Heat. I like the Heat. Dallas is a sleeper. I like the Heat. Because Pat Riley knows how to win. Pat Riley knows how to win. Pat Riley taught Eric Spolstra how to win. Exactly. Now you have and, Jimmy Butler. And, and now a, you have a guy who, like Kawhi Leonard, actually doesn't need 10 other guys that are right, superstars. Right. Let me be the alpha male, and I'll get us there. Mm-hmm. And that this is Jimmy Butler's mentality. I think Jimmy Butler was actually held back in Philadelphia because he had to share superstar status with a bunch of other guys. Right. And I don't, I don't think that that works for him. I think he's the kind of guy like Kawhi that's like, listen, if you give me a team, but that it's my team— I can get it done. I agree. And I actually, for me, how he gave you the three, I'm with you on on Portland. I love Portland this year. They look good. I like Portland. I actually like I the, love Portland. I like I the Clippers because the Clippers, Jerry West knows how to win. And Doc Rivers knows how, has shown that he knows I mean, how to win. And even if they get hurt, they have enough depth that if, even if they get hurt, they're still, they're they, still, they stacked. have three superstars and, and, and studs on the side, like the Lakers sliding them Zubak or whoever the on the sleeve, on the sleeve. So, and then I like yeah. Philly. Because Philly is is Philly doesn't have a bench though. Just about to go there. I was waiting for you to start. Not yet. I I imagine they're going to get they're going to pick somebody up. Who ended up getting JJ Reddick? Okay, listen. To me, if the Sixers don't come out of the East, that is a huge fail for them this season. Oh, no question. They have to. That is a anything less than the the finals is unacceptable. Anything less than the finals (laughs) is completely unacceptable. Now you want to talk about some load management? I don't want to hear nothing. If Embiid got to take off every third game, I don't care what it is. Get that man to the playoffs. I agree, and let him dominate. Because, because listen, Kawhi was one missed shot in the corner away from sending them on, 
And they are now yeah, poised yeah. to take that next step because and I that, think and a lot of that has to do with Ben Simmons not doing his job. Playing well, defense and, well, and exactly. not, not only that, Embiid doesn't play his position the right way in those situations because he's a big man that's out there shooting threes and you need him in the post. Exactly, Wildin. Oh, but, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but either way it goes, it's effective. Joel Embiid, if if you put him in a position to succeed, now here's the problem I have with them. I believe Brett Brown may be Mike D'Antoni Jr. Is mm. I don't think Brett Brown. This is relative. Think, I don't. Yeah, this is relative. Maybe maybe second. We cousin. look on the family tree. Well, you'll find him. Mm, okay. Brett Brown. Oh look at that. <laughs> Leo, I didn't know we were related. Leona <laughs> Brown actually got together with Roberto D'Antoni years ago. <laughs> And and I, and I think that this is this is how it it may shake out for them not being able to get it done. But Jay, we gotta go. We got some more stuff to cover. Thank you so much for calling in, Guru. Do you got anything that you want to speak about on the last minute? Hey man, listen, I can't wait for the season. I just uh, I, I I wish I could say something more intelligent about it, but I think you covered all the bases, brother. Happy to be back. There it is. The family of the zone, Jaleel White, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow him and find him (laughs) on social media at Jaleel White. Peace. Late. Peace. That was nice. Nice. Make it twice. Moving on. Let's go to football real quick because we got a lot of cover. And actually, I'm going to go light on baseball this week, folks. But we're going to – because we got a lot to cover. But uh, you know what? I watched the Hard Knock series on the Raiders. You know, we're going through a divorce. This is our last year together. We've already decided. And uh, but man, that hard knock series, geez Louise, it really makes me want to go practice. <laughs> I miss practice so much. You, you have so much fun in sports practice. The higher level sports practice is so cool, and it's a trip too because to watch the coaching because John Gruden is out there, and you know he he's more on the younger guys, mm-hmm. but he's out there like with the superstars. Like he's giving you the checky, you oh, nonstop. He's, he's out there like, you know what you're supposed to be doing. It's, it's more of a, a casual conversation right. more so than a coaching. Right. When he talks to Derek Carr and Antonio Brown and stuff like what that. What can he talk to them? And then, and then he com- totally and completely chews out rookie Rookies. idiots who almost roll on Derek Carr's leg despite him wearing a red jersey in a non-contact practice with no pads and in shorts. <laughs> and he literally just walked out at one point and he said, all right, look. We're going to stop practice and just do walkthroughs if you idiots can't figure out to not roll on the quarterback's leg. (laughs) Bottom line. Bottom line. I'm not ruining the season. Because you can't control yourself. Just because you're out of control. And and it was it's great it's great and one of the things that they did well because that show is so well produced by HBO and Marty Coleman and those guys is you know they they covered Antonio Brown and the saga the story the drama of the Antonio Brown not just that <laughs> the, the feet, feet saga. the helmet just him as a as a player and as an entity as a star what that brings yeah the dude is a walking I mean dynamo the dude yeah. literally does everything right as far as playing football he does everything right on the football he, field he. Got his foot frostbitten from getting prepared for the season. If you watch his training online or whatever. It's insane. It's insane. He's probably right there with LeBron as far as conditioning and and keeping his body in shape. And then I sort of agree with him with the helmets. I feel like the players should be able to wear the helmets that they want to wear, but they should be also certified or something. But why can't they wear what's going to protect their dome? You know, what's going to protect their head in the games. Well, there's also another side, and because what the league is saying is what's actually going to protect your head is this helmet that we have. The new one, right? Yeah. But what? But there's another side of that, which is athletes are just notoriously superstitious. Yeah. So AB is saying, wait a minute. This is for the last. The new helmets look nice, though. For the last sleep. six years, I've been the best receiver in football in this helmet. And I don't even like how this helmet feels. 
So I don't know if it's going to, if I'm going to trip, if I'm going to tear ACL, I don't know what's happening. But I know when I wear this helmet, y'all know what you get with 84. Yeah. And you get dominance. I don't know if we're going to get that with the Raiders, though. I, yeah. You know, it's I'm I'm in a bias space right Sorry, now. Sorry, Ernie. Because ultimately, <laughs> when you watch the show, it's like watching those 24-7s. You, I don't believe in John Gruden. I think the game has him by. Listen, I, Who's I their running back? That's me. Actually, <laughs> I got to go. I got to get up to camp real quick. Uh, no, they, they, that, you know, they, the, the Raiders got a lot of holes, but that's not what I want to speak about. I just what you want to talk about, about these helmets, his shoes, child. Let me find out. <laughs> I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about Dak Prescott and the amazing $40 million contract. Wow. What would you like to, to, to discuss about that? Why he would, why he would ask for 40? You know and, he hasn't, and he had shown his, that he's worth that much? Dak, with a straight face, turned down $30 million. It's big of him. I don't even care if he wants thirty million five hundred thousand. He's feeling himself. The fact that you have the balls to turn down thirty million when you really haven't proved anything in my casual football fandom, I'm not mad at Dak, but I don't think that he's the it's a big ass. I don't. I don't think he's the key component that makes that. He's not the oil that makes that the cowboy engine run. It has been proven. Once that Zeke guy Elliott, not eats, in the game. and he shows it to you. Yeah. <laughs> that fella, twenty one, got to eat. Yeah, and if and and if honestly, if I'm behind center, anybody else is behind center. When twenty one is acting a complete fool, it'll make everybody look good and make everybody's job simpler too. The, the even the defense because the defense doesn't have to be on the field because Ezekiel Elliott is he's running eating. the ball down your throat. <laughs> he's eating and, and he's, he's killing the clock. He's killing the clock, and he's got the defense staying on the field for six to seven yards and I mean, falling forward to, every uh, single six play. Seven minutes. Come on, man. I think Dak, you know, he's feeling himself a little too much right now. I'd love for him to get his cheese, but I don't think that he can quantify that at this point. You know, I agree. I don't think it's the right. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's the right move. He hasn't shown. I mean, how many playoff games have they won since he's been in? Maybe behind two, him? maybe one. I don't know. I'm not. Whatever it is, it's not really. Yeah, but also maybe he wants that kind of money because he takes the pressure in Dallas. Because I hear a lot of people, a lot of grumblings about him not living up to his his contract that he's playing for now or with now. So maybe a lot of people are, you know, maybe he feels like if you're going to run me down, I might as well get the most out of it. Right. Right. I don't know. Well, $40 million is a lot of money to turn down. 30 is a lot to turn down. Yeah. And they offered him 30. For, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You just, I thought it sounded like you just said 40 is a lot to turn down. Yeah. 30 is a lot to turn down. For, I mean, forget about it. These numbers are insane. But staying in the NFL, I don't even want to go too deep on that. Pay Ezekiel Elliott. And you don't want to go down the rabbit hole. No, pay Ezekiel Elliott and deal with Dak when you can. Because um, a lot of good kids coming out of college every year. Yeah. There's something about Dak Prescott that fits the profile, though, that Jerry Jones wants. Yeah. He is the black man that's the conservative. Mm-hmm. He He's a big guy. He looks good in his he's Cowboys gonna uniform. He's going to step on any toes. He's going to follow the He's going to follow the system. He's going to be the game manager. That's it. There's nothing, yeah. nothing spectacular. I'm not going to see anything spectacular right. from him. Or if you do, usually it's tied to another guy. Right. Like you'll see like when Amari Cooper came – it seemed more that it was Amari Cooper than it was Dak Prescott. You don't feel like, oh, Dak Prescott is better than Derek Carr because look at how he's playing with Amari Cooper. You're like, no, actually, the system was better. The line is better, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Because if you give Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, and Antonio Brown, he might put up 500 yards a game. Yeah. Derek, Derek Carr puts up the, puts the ball up. But that's just a, you know – to me, it's a very interesting it, – it, it's very tough. But what I want to talk about is this situation with Jay-Z in the NFL. I want to speak on it. 
Unless you've been living in a cave, you may not know that Jay-Z signed a deal with his Rock Nation group to be the NFL's entertainment consultant, basically, with the way that it's being promoted is, uh, the reported rather is, it was a conversation that started a long time ago when Meek Mill was uh, imprisoned and Robert Kraft and Jay-Z worked on trying to get him out. And then Kraft is good friends with Goodell, said, hey, maybe you want to talk to this fella from Brooklyn. And they went and all of a sudden there's a deal in place. He's catching a lot of flack, a lot of flack from the culture and the community because basically they're saying, wait a minute. I thought I thought you were down with Kaepernick. Cap still doesn't have a job. And social justice still hasn't changed. It's still the police are still popping off black people at leisure. Um, so where, where how does this benefit us? And his response was more or less, well, they reached out because they heard the cry. They saw the protest. I am down with Cap, but now it's time for action, and they're consulting me about action. I'm going to go out there and say it to me. It seems like a selfish play. No question. It seems like a a real Uncle Tom play where, where you use your capital, and this isn't anywhere near the first time it's, it's happened with him because he's he's praised for his business acumen and he's done it to the tune of several big money deals and big big bucks but you know it's to the tune of of selling this liquor or that champagne these sneakers so on and so forth basically it's almost like the blackness the black endorsement of his capital that comes from him being a, 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 a someone who raised himself out a the projects into all by his own bootstraps through maybe some illegal activity in the drug game and so on and so forth into whatever it is that he has made an empire of is being sold, you know, is being sold to the public. Like, yeah, you can do it too. But ultimately it seems very self-beneficial and I'm not, I don't know all the details of the deal. Maybe the deal will be revealed and proven to be wrong. Maybe I'll be proven wrong once the details of the deal are out. But it, to me, reeks of corporate endorsement to be able to then in turn assuage a situation in a community. To get that pressure off of you. To get the pressure off of him while still maintaining all of the same conservative and relative things of a, of a Trump support a Trump supported league. Right. You know, when all of this comes about in the shadow of everybody, a low calling Ben Carson type of play. Yeah. Yeah. Just not as obvious, a much yeah. cooler yeah. version. Yeah. They had to, they had to get a younger, a younger vibe to get that crowd. So maybe you can take the pressure off of us with the kneeling and everything else. And the youngsters will look up and say, Hey man, Jay-Z is saying, man, no, Jay-Z signed off. Yeah, Jay-Z he signed, signed off. off. So obviously clearly it's all good. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what, that's what you're saying. Totally. And you're saying that in the context of still all of the owners, did not all of the owners, uh, I won't say all, the majority of the owners being white and interested in conservatism in their politics, mm-hmm. which in general, if we're talking generalities, is different from the actual players, which the league is 90% black or 70, 80%, whatever it is, and has a different viewpoint. Which is well, I think got conservatism gets a bad name. I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm sorry. that You're right. I said that wrong. And let's just keep it in the lane of Trump support. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the and the owner mentality, exactly. Even the dialogue of owner. Yeah, you with know. the plantation. Yeah, the plantation mentality. Exactly. You know, because exactly. And these guys literally, 
they'll sh- they're showing you that if the right the, if the money is right that they're willing to sell almost anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or open the door for anything. And it'd be different if they're talking about opening up dialogue to fix an issue, but I haven't heard any of that yet. So maybe that's in the deal. You know, that they're going to do something. And it's it's more or less the owners that need to be more informed than the actual players because the players actually live the life because the, a lot of the football players aren't even recognizable on a day-to-day because they have on helmets on the field. So when you, you see them in the street, when the police see them and pull them over, they see a rich black dude driving down the street and they assume that he's, he's a dope dealer or a gangster or something because he's got all this money and he's living a certain kind of lifestyle and you don't even recognize the guy until you get out and get into a confrontation with him. And, and you realize he's a giant. And you realize he's a giant. And also, that's you know they had that great real sports special, and there's been some Vice specials about the guys being robbed and carrying weapons at home and this and the other. Um, I think that it's a such a serious, it's such a serious time in the world right now. This isn't the time to get things wrong, and if it is, it's a time to correct things once they're wrong. So I'm very careful about casting judgment. But my right. my knee jerk reaction on this is. Right, that's what we're talking about. A whole the details are wrong. Yeah. yeah, the details. So we haven't heard the details, but right now it's, it looks like a little self, selfish sellout move going on. It, right it's, now. That's what it looks like. That's what it smells like. I hope it's not that. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if it actually makes some sort of a difference or an initiative. And secondly, it has a lot. There seems a lot to be a lot of cues taken there from the character that I played on Ballers last year, Charles Green, trying to make this play to his boss about community outreach and this that, and the other. But I haven't seen any details about the community outreach. Mm-hmm. All well, I'm first and foremost, you start off a Kaepernick because what you're talking about doing is that the the players even know or speak on that Kaepernick could have played. I don't know if he could still play now, but I know that right. a couple of years ago that he could have played in the league, but now he can't play because they decided to blackball him. Right, and his fellow. Uh, player that that kneeled with him eric reed uh slammed jay-z's partnership yeah you there's know? a few players that you know yeah. they're not not feeling it because yeah. they understand what he's signing off on that's the same way that steve harvey did you sign off on stuff like that when you go and meet the president and speak to him about certain issues or whatever you want to call it and that's the same thing that it looks like the jay-z is doing yeah let's read what he says which is very deep he says uh, uh jay-z doesn't need the nfl's help to address social injustices it was a money move for him in his business. The NFL gets to hide behind his black face to try to cover up blackballing Colin. Hashtag neocolonialism. And Jay-Z said in his speech when he's yucking it up with uh, Roger Goodell, everybody knows I agree with what you're saying and Kaepernick's underlying message. So what are we going to do? Help millions and millions of people or we get stuck in Colin not having a job? Eric Reed, to which Eric Reed responded, they, these aren't mutually exclusive. They can both happen at the same time. Right. It looks like your goal was to make millions and millions of dollars by assisting the NFL in burying Collins' career. So kudos to, to kudos to Eric Reed for keeping it one hundred. Right. Because and and it's also and it's also the other obvious factor in it, kind of like the fake Epstein suicide, is uh, you know Eric Reed came out and said it's interesting timing, and this is all on his Twitter account, folks. You can follow him at at e underscore reed thirty five. Interesting timing on the partnership with Jay-Z on the heels of Stephen Ross's fundraiser for Donald Trump and the backlash his other companies are getting because of it. Hashtag pay attention, folks. If you didn't know, well, now you know. Because <laughs> what you have is is that Stephen Ross, the owner of the uh, the Miami Dolphins, also owned Equinox and SoulCycle. And they witnessed the power of the dollar in the sense of people canceling memberships by the thousands for the – to $100,000 a plate fundraiser that he was throwing at the house for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I just think that I wish that people did more research about 
what they support. I read this great book uh, that talked about how not only we are what we eat, but we are what we eat eats. And in that same sense, we we are also what we consume and what we consume consumes. Uh, in in this sense, mm-hmm. in the social sense, in the in the monetary sense, we got to use our dollars wisely to actually support what you want to support. Because it, nowadays, that's the only way you make a difference. Yeah, nobody respects anything but money. Yep, it's crazy. So moving on, finally, folks, to our favorite thing: to a game so fine it's played on diamonds. We are in the dog days of summer, folks, for Major League Baseball, and uh, I have an announcement. This is a hot take here, but it's a very simple take. Hmm. Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher in baseball. Once again. Surprise! <laughs> Once again. Once again, Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher in baseball. He showed it yesterday. Woo-wee, child. I mean, and that's a team that doesn't have a major offense, but look at this man's numbers. Crazy. Clayton Kershaw's numbers are berserk once again, and that is without crazy cheese. He doesn't throw 95-96, and that is with him getting, you know, that that's with him getting uh, – Actually, given up about two bombs every game, more or less. I mean, he had eight strikeouts in a row. I do believe the guy oh, nine strikeouts. Did he strike out? He struck out he ten. Struck out ten. He struck out seven or eight in a row yesterday in Miami. Uh, he's unhittable to a certain degree. We're gonna see Clayton Kershaw's 2019 stats. The man has 12 wins and two losses. The ERA is two six three. He's pitched what do you 137 innings and struck out 141 guys. What do you want from Clayton Kershaw? In real life, what what are we saying here? Because the numbers are dumb. They are. I mean, and he put the Dodgers in a good place. Now he's still the leader of the team. Yeah, he's still the leader of the team. Now, who do you start in the playoff? Do you start Bueller or or Kershaw? Bueller got dug out today. I start Hun Jin because Hun Jin is the only other guy I can think of that may be a better pitcher than Clayton Kershaw. Right. So Hun Jin uh, pitches the contact though. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw, not, he still gets you out of it. He get yeah, but Clayton Kershaw is not. Clayton Kershaw gets, no, no, I'm saying Clayton oh, Kershaw oh, still gets Clayton you Kershaw out of there. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. And, yeah, and, I mean, he don't get you out of there like Garrett Cole gets you out of there anymore, but he gets you out of there. <laughs> but 10 strikeouts is 10 strikeouts. 10Ks is 10Ks. q clucks. <laughs> it's serious business. Wow, Hunjin Ryu's ERA is one four five. Jeez Louise. That is impressive. He is dealing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that that's really all I wanted to say. Cody Bellinger is still proving me wrong. Uh, you know he's he's having a monster season. I really don't I've care. Seen, I've seen some of his, a couple of his at bats, and I felt like he was going to fall back into the same thing when he went against Jack Flaherty the other day. Jack Flaherty made him, you know, basically look like he did in the playoffs. So that just tells me that maybe he's not over the hump yet. I, I mean, in the in the, under the lights right now, when you put the microscope on him, I don't know if he's going to still be able to perform. That's I, this is yeah. what I want to see because that's not something you develop. Yeah. By the time you get to the major league, to the NBA, to the whatever, you're either clutch or you're not. Right. That's not something you develop, and I haven't seen. And you can, and one that back can define that because you, you can. can get out there in this first at bat, and it'll change his whole whole game. His whole because he knows. Yeah, he knows, and that's he knows that doubt is that seed is in his head. It's in his head. And the only thing that I say is, is he actually has all the tools to never get into a real slump. It's only when he gets caught up on trying to hit home runs. It's right. the only time that he's actually not the, playing the game the right way. He has speed. Speed never slumps. He's a five-two player. He's a five-two ball player. You know, uh, and nobody's hotter in the game of baseball. Not Ozzy Albie's. Not Bryce Harper. Not anybody else is hotter than Jose Ramirez, who just really? hit a grand slam. Really, you think Acuna? 
It's my favorite player in baseball. <laughs> you think, I thought I would get you. Ronald Acuna is my favorite player in baseball. He's not as hot as Jose Ramirez. Really? You know? Jose Ramirez is tearing the cover off the baseball. He is, but Acuna's been doing it all year. It, and Jose Ramirez just got hot in this tight window is what I'm trying to tell you. Acuna I has know, been doing it all Acuna's year. Go- you said something great that that's a possibility for him that we've never seen before. What, the 40-50? The 50 Yeah, the 50 <laughs> rather. The 50-50 is on, is, it could be on tap. You're on deck. Yeah. 50-50 is real for him. 50-50 is real. I think he's the best player in the game right now. I love I'm it. close to it. Who's better than Ronald Acuna? I have to say Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich. Still. Right there. But yeah. he's not eight. He's still, he steals bags. He hits for a high average. His average, he's only second in baseball to, I think, Cody Belger. Yeah. Ooh. Triple crown. Yeah, triple crown. I mean, how are you going to be mad at that? Maybe draft he's a five-tool player. It's a lot of exciting talent in baseball right now. Woo! Child. <laughs> I'm telling you, watch out for the Cleveland Indians. That trade they made was enormous. Which one? Uh, over the, the break, I'm saying. To mm. get to get Puig and Fran Mill Reyes. And the, you that, high on Puig, boy. Yeah, I am high on Puig. I'm also high, high on Fran Mill. Is that because you had won that ping pong tournament? Now, listen, I'm biased. But no, also, but also because I like Fran Mill because Fran Mill was hitting the ball out of San Diego, and I like the way that he played the game. And in the in the climate of today, he actually gives you classic slugger. And I think a guy like Terry Francona knows how to use a classic slugger. Yeah, you know. And now he knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else you got, Chomp? That's it, Chomp. All right, you folks. got it covered, Chomp. Got it covered. Well, uh, I want to leave you today with a quote. Um, about perseverance and uh, the quote is most of the important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept on trying when there seemed to be no hope at all whatever situation you're going through folks you have to stay with it persevere there is light at the end of the tunnel I'm Omar Miller I'm your host and this is Ozone Ozone I'm just living the dream with the lights